The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Interesting listener commentarising from our last item. Here's an issue I see every day on Facebook with its adverts. The majority are fake or scams. Who monitors these ads? Why hasn't Facebook or Meta been held accountable for this? It's like a shop window for scams. And another one says, I'd love Facebook or Instagram to charge me to give me a reason not to use them again. Let's go to the United States to Marion McKeown and Cal Thomas. And Cal, let me start with you because I see President Joe Biden's idiot son Hunter is entering a plea of not guilty to felony gun charges. That means there might be a big high-profile trial next year as his father's on his re-election bid. How damaging could that be to Joe Biden? Well, that's a great question, uh, uh, Matt. Uh, We don't know. I don't predict the future, but this is an interesting development because you'll recall that initially there was a plea deal which was vacated uh, uh, by the judge in which uh, Hunter would uh, plead guilty and have some kind of uh, non uh, uh, jail uh, time to do you know rehabilitation or something his his claim now is uh, that he was between drugs or at least he was off drugs at the time he applied for this gun license i'm not sure that's going to fly with a court but you're right unless there is some kind of a settlement this is going to be uh, as big a deal as uh, well maybe not as big a deal but certainly a big deal you're going to have trials going on at the some, same time one or more for Donald Trump, one for the son of the President of the United States. This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Yeah, but hang on. It's nowhere near as big a deal, is it? When you're comparing the son of the sitting president with the alleged crimes, multiple alleged crimes of the former president running again. We can't be saying there's any equivalence, can we? No, I'm not saying there's an equivalence. I'm saying that the media will treat it as equivalence because it's great ratings. And as we know, we left journalism a long time ago in the United States in favor of, uh, of, of ratings and celebrity and who Taylor Swift is dating and all of these other crazy things. Marion McKeown, <laughs> leaving aside Taylor Swift, she's not of relevance to us tonight. But could Carl it- sounds a bit missed there. Are you, are you jealous she's dating someone else, Carl? <laughs> if only Carl was still an American footballer, huh? Uh, Marion, what about though this the fact that there will be many who will try and portray an equivalence between the unelected Hunter Biden and the man who was in a position of authority and who seeks to be in it again, when surely they are two vastly different things? Well, I think it's self-evident that they're vastly different. Even if Joe, even if Joe Biden were up on the gun trials, it, it still pales into insignificance uh, compared with the 91 indictments that Donald Trump is facing. But in fact, it's got nothing, absolutely nothing to do with Joe Biden. It is to do with his very hapless son who has just been a constant source of stress. And, and um, I, I, you know, I, I really, I mean, I have, I have, pity for him as a drug addict. I think it's a, it's a difficult problem for the Biden family but really it seems that this son is just a, a, a constant source of anxiety and you know for his father and you know and this is of course separately totally separate to the impeachment which you may not realise is still going on the impeachment inquiry because there's not a whole lot to talk about to do with it because there's no evidence being presented but that is something where the Republicans think they may be able to get Biden and saying that he and his son were involved in a pay for play but this this gun case is really interesting because basically uh, Biden's lawyers are throwing three different things at the wall they're saying well he wasn't on drugs on that particular day, that's not going to work that's just not going to work, he, he has documented himself the degree to which 
which drugs had a grip on them on, during that period. Uh, and then they're saying, well, now, what about the Supreme Court ruling in the Brown case, which was last year when they when they stopped New Yorkers, when the Supreme Court said anybody who lives in New York is allowed to bring a gun anywhere they want? Because back when the Constitution was written, there was nothing that said you could only keep your gun in your house. So now they're saying, well, if that's what Clarence Thomas and the boys said, surely that then applies to Hunter Biden, because back when the um, Supreme Court, constitu- when the Constitution was written, nobody said you can't have a gun if you're on drugs back in 1787 or whenever it was. It seems ridiculous, but that is the way the Supreme Court ruled. Okay. Uh, and then they're also saying, well, we had a deal with the um, the the prosecutors here. We signed off and he stuck to his end of the bargain. I think this is going to go to trial. I'm not sure it's going to be that big a deal. And I think he may actually plead guilty in the end. Okay. Speaking, Cal, of idiot sons of presidents, I've saved a tweet from Eric Trump of last week, who, when his father received the bad news that his businesses had been rumbled for the dramatic inflation of their values, fraudulent accounting, Eric Trump said, today I lost all faith in the New York legal system. Never before have I seen such hatred towards one person by a judge, a coordinated effort with the Attorney General to destroy a man's life, company and economy. Accomplishments. We have run an exceptional company. Now, here's the good bit. Never missing a loan payment, making banks hundreds of millions of dollars, developing some of the most iconic assets in the world. Yet today, the persecution of our family continues, which means, Cal, that Eric Trump missed the six corporate bankruptcies that his father was responsible for. That's right, Matt. I mean, I'm watching some of this coverage yesterday on television, and it was really funny. Going into the courtroom, uh, Trump uh, held forth with the media, as he always do, uh, does outside, denouncing the judge, denouncing Attorney General Letitia James, and denouncing the system. Then the judge uh, throws out about 80% of the challenges because of the uh, uh, statute of limitations having run out, many of these things in 2011, and Trump comes out and says, Ah, the judge made a pretty good decision. Yeah, it wasn't so bad after all. So this is typical of him. If somebody rules in his favor or says something favorable about him, it's all well and good. But if you say something negative or if there is a court case that proves that you are a liar, and these valuations, you know, one of the things about these valuations, and I've had some personal experience in this at a much lower level, I challenged two valuations of properties I owned uh, years ago, and I won both challenges because they were inflated. But here you've got Trump, not just a slight inflation, as mine were, but two and three and four times claiming the value. Now, yes, he employed a lot of people in New York, but he also didn't pay a lot of people. He stiffed even his attorneys, the current attorneys, asked to be paid up front, which tells you something about his financial integrity if you need to know more. We're not going to pay the eight-minute rant from Donald Trump yesterday, but let's hear just a little bit of it. This is a continuation of the single greatest witch hunt of all time. We have a rogue judge who rules that properties are worth a tiny fraction, one one-hundredth, a tiny fraction of what they actually are. We have a racist attorney general who's a horror show who ran on the basis that she was going to get Trump before she even knew anything about me. She used this to run for governor. She failed in her attempt to run for governor. She had virtually no polling. She came back and she said, well, now I'll go back to get Trump again. And this is what we have. It's a scam. It's a sham. 
We have a great company. I built a great company. It's got tremendous value. It's got some of the greatest real estate assets in the world. And now I have to go before a rogue judge as a continuation of Russia, 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 as a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time. And I don't think the people of this country are going to stand for it. If I weren't leading in all the polls or if I weren't running, I wouldn't have any of these cases. I wouldn't be seeing you this morning, but I'll be seeing a lot of you because this is a horrible thing that's happening to our country and we've got to get it straightened away. So we'll go in and see our rogue judge and we'll listen to this man. And uh, I think most people get it. People are getting it. I can tell you the voters getting it because every time they give me a fake indictment, I go up in the polls and that's never happened before. Don't you love the way that he thinks that whatever happens to him is a horrible thing happening to our country? The greatest witch hunt of all time. Such victimhood, a racist AG, a rogue judge. But this might surprise you, Marion McKeown. Could it be that in some respects he actually has a point that he can say that buildings are worth whatever he wants to say? It's up to his lenders to make an assessment and to make a judgment as to how much money they would actually give him. And if they were to fall for his contentions that they're worth four, eight times what they really are, well then, shame on them for being so foolish. Well, you know, I would say to start, if I were going to give Donald Trump a little bit of advice, I would say, don't call the judge who is going to decide what your fine is going to be and whether or not you're going out of business. Don't call him a rogue, a rogue judge. This reminds me of, you know, Judge Judy, when the when the, <laughs> the plaintiffs come out of the courtroom and they start whining about, that wasn't fair, that wasn't fair, I shouldn't have had to pay for the cost of that car being dinged, etc., etc. It's ridiculous. He's turning this, it's fascinating to me that of all the other cases he hasn't bothered to comment, he doesn't seem, they don't seem to register with his ego as such, you know, in this way, but here he's turning up for court every day when he doesn't have to be there. He's doing three or four pressers a day outside the courtroom. And because somebody saying Trump is poor, basically, that he's not worth what he says, that the whole thing is a house of cards, that really seems to offend him. But in answer to your question, Matt, no, you don't have the right. His his um, Jack O'Donnell, who was the CEO of Trump Casinos, etc., said that Trump would do things like say, look, when you're asking for a loan, say we need 30 more than we need, and then I'll take the 30 million basically in cash and stick it in my back pocket. It doesn't matter if he's paying that back. It's still fraudulent. And, you know, putting out a full disclaimer and one of his accountants is in court uh, at the moment in New York saying that, you know, basically it was Mazars who were his accountants who put out the disclaimer. I don't know what law school Trump went to. I don't think he went to any, but he said yesterday, if you put out a disclaimer saying basically this is all lies, then you're off the hook. But in fact, it was Mazars who said we cannot verify what Donald Trump told us uh, to protect themselves. And it wasn't he who put out the disclaimer. Uh, look, um, I think he may have a point that if he weren't running again, that he may not, this case may not have taken place. But it was Michael Cohen, his his um, former lawyer, who's now going to testify against him, who told um, Congress that Trump had done this. It was because basically he had shafted Michael Cohen, that Michael Cohen came back after him and announced all this. So it was kind of Trump who triggered the whole thing, really. OK, I want to find out about Kevin McCarthy and Matt Gates. Cal, tell us who this guy Matt Gates is and will he get support amongst Republicans in trying to bring down uh, the Republican Speaker Kevin McCarthy? Well, we're going to find out probably within the hour. A vote is scheduled uh, 
about uh, 35 minutes from now, the starting of the voting in the House, and that could be that could include uh, the vote to vacate the speakership, as the language goes. Matt Getz is a congressman from Florida, a far-right Republican. He's in the, the Freedom Caucus, the same uh, far-right group as uh, uh, Congresswoman Boebert and Nancy Mace and uh, some of these other crazies uh, uh, that are uh, always attacking fellow Republicans in violation of Ronald Reagan's 11th Commandment, never to attack a, f- a fellow Republican. I don't think he's going to get his way. Now, you know, he could get some help from Democrats. His main contention is that uh, Kevin McCarthy made some kind of side deal with President Biden, which would be anathema to him and some of the other Republicans. But there's no proof of that. And uh, they don't have the votes. The Republicans don't have the votes. They only have about a five-vote margin in the House. And this is just a fool's errand. When you don't have the votes, you've got to compromise. That's what politics is all about. And I think Matt's, uh, Matt Getz is uh, making a major mistake for the party and the country by doing this. I think McCarthy will probably survive, though he'll be weakened as a speaker as a result. What's your assessment, Marion? Well, I, you know, initially I spoke with a couple of Democrats in the la- in the last two days, and on Sunday evening I spoke to one who said that they'd probably vote present. They'd keep themselves out of the, the you know, they wouldn't. So, what does that mean? Is that effectively sitting on the fence, neutral? Yeah, they sit on the fence. They wouldn't vote against um, McCarthy. They wouldn't say, "Yeah, we're going to support a motion to move to kick him out." And then Gates wouldn't have the votes because he'd have to really go only to the Republicans. He's he's not even going to get twenty Republican votes for this. But now apparently they've they've. Really really toughened up the Democrats in the, in the last 24 hours. And they're saying, yeah, you know what, McCarthy might be better than Scalise, who might be the alternative. But you know what, he he let this phony impeachment go forward. He kicked Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell off committees for no reason. He's a puppet of Gates's anyway, so why should we help him? And then, of course, he were, McCarthy reneged on the deal that he struck with uh, Biden last June to stop America from defaulting. And he went back on that a week later. So they're saying, well, you know, like, yeah, there might be somebody working but how much worse could they be? So it seems this morning, I don't know what went on the Democratic caucus, but it seems they've really toughened up this morning and they may not help him now, in which case uh, it's going to be tricky if 211 Democrats vote against him uh, and and, uh, Gates gets his half a dozen, you know, extremists, then McCarthy could be out. I don't don't know. I'm surprised that the Democrats are being so bullish this morning, or maybe they're just bluffing because they're doing a side deal with McCarthy. Who knows? We'll see in about half an hour Carl's right about that. Marion McKeown, Carl Thomas, thank you. Back with the 6 to 6 after this. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.